Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Saturday in Tampa, right by the bay, and here we are at the Tampa Convention Center for KushCon, one of the biggest conventions of its kind in our area, and a good show of it we're having today is, it shows that the people are starting to come back to the conventions. And uh, I am Gary Stein, your political director here at Suncoast Normal, and talking to one of the stars of our show today, <laughs> Corey, is it Van? Uh, Van Vallen, yep, yep. Van Vallen. Magnish, uh, magician extraordinaire is going to show us some uh, feats of ledger domain. Yeah, so it's, I thought I'd start off by introducing myself. Uh, my name is Corey Van Vallen. For the past 10 years, I was voted the number one magician in my immediate family. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> I don't think you're going to make legalization appear. I, it takes five to seven business weeks, but I got this. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'll tell you right off the bat, I'm going to call it the elephant in the room. I'm wearing this really cool mirror tie. I've been feeling really bad because outside I've been blinding everyone. <laughs> this is why I'm wearing my sunglasses. <laughs> yes, indeed. What did work out for me, though, some girls said it was a really cute tie. I was like, it's because you're in it. <laughs> so smooth. That is so smooth. You must have come up. You must have said hours coming up with that line. I said I was a good magician, not a good comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some uh, something fun to kind of get us warmed up really quick. Is it me or is it getting hot in here? Ooh. Ooh. Terrible on airplanes. Never again. No. We got people walking by like, what, what the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It's just one of those Samsung phones. <laughs> Never again on airplanes. They'll never let me again on airplanes. <laughs> well, I got a quick uh, little trick to kind of get us uh, warmed up a bit. Okay. Um, so we're going to start off with something I'm internationally known for. I've got family in Canada. Totally um, counts. <laughs> I grew up in Detroit. International was across the Right across the river, yeah. <laughs> so I've got these invisible cards here. I'm going to have you reach in and grab out an invisible card. Uh, those are the backs. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> And I'm going to show the people at home, show the camera, your invisible card. I won't look. <laughs> so now you know what the card is, right? Absolutely. I'm going to be sticking back in the deck face down. And uh, Gary, tell us all, what was that card you just imagined? What was it? The Ace of Hearts. If you notice, there's only one card in here that's face down. Check it out. I'll show the camera. The other way? <laughs> the other way? Oh. The Ace of Hearts! Hey -oh. wow. bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that is amazing for us. <laughs> it's face down now. <laughs> <laughs> but what's crazy is, Gary, check your back pocket. <sighs> no, Gary, I'm totally kidding. Come on, I'm totally kidding. That would have been amazing, though. <laughs> no, you can check all the pockets. I didn't. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to learn I've got six that. pockets. I'm trying to figure out which back pocket you're talking about. <laughs> Play the Macarena with yourself. Hey, i got to find it. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been enjoying the uh, convention so far? I've been kind of stapled here over at the uh, Suncoast Normal booth here, talking to people about how Suncoast Normal is the number one politically active uh, normal chapter here in the state of Florida. And we're making the laws, pushing the laws, and working for legalization, more expungement, and less regulation. There we go. And we're in a beautiful state, Florida. I've been traveling to a lot of conventions uh, across the country, uh, and it's so cool to see something in my, in my hometown of it, you know, see people that I ran into on the streets and all that jazz yeah yeah tampa you know is one of the least walkable cities in the state so you can make cars disappear i think would be great, great. <laughs> that's right i've been traveling a lot where there's a lot of transit like the bus system i'm sorry the uh the train systems and uh, we we don't have that out here now we well we, we have a trolley mm -hmm. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> which gets you from here to almost there yeah <laughs> uh, and, that, and that, that works out well for us but we need to have a little more walkable areas and we need to have more medical licenses here in the state of Florida mm -hmm. so we have better product. Mm -hmm. Well, something else that's really good about this area is we have a lot of variety. We have uh, St. Pete, Florida, which is a gorgeous place just down the road. We got Tampa, Channelside, Ybor City, Treasure Island. There's a lot of good things to do out in this area. I love the Museum of Fine Arts out there. What's that? I love the museum over there by the river. Oh, yeah. 
and the people are great. People walk their dogs. I love dogs. And it's a, it's a very gorgeous, very happy vibe out here, you know? It is. And we're trying to make it happier by getting uh, full legalization as well as getting a more substantial medical program, which I think is so important because there are so many people who actually need access to this as medicine. Yeah. And there's certain states that are going to take their sweet time getting there. I know Wisconsin is one of those states where they're going to probably be the last one to get over. But slowly but surely, each state's opening up, getting more comfortable with it, making it more normalized. I predict it'll be Idaho. Idaho is the last one? Yeah, go figure, because they're right in between Oregon and, and, and Washington. And if you were standing here, and a person was smoking here, and a person was smoking there, <laughs> and you are already high, why bother getting it legalized? Right? That's the way it's going to be with Idaho, and we will hope that'll change soon. But what brings you to Kushkop? So I get a, I got hired by Booth, so I have a little break right now. That's why I wanted to hop on. Um, I'm hired by Utoya. We have a big little uh, setup over there, where tomorrow I'm doing my big magic stage show, live streaming as well. Um, where it's a lot of comedy, a lot of audience participation, a lot of uh, just a lot of good vibes, you know. Um, I was gonna say, speaking of that, I have another trick I want to show you. Okay, I can use a good trick. Yeah, let's send it. Uh, Gary, you've heard of uh, David Copperfield? Uh, Copperfield? Yeah, and you've heard of uh, Harry Potter? And the Harry Potters. You've yes. heard of Magic Mike? Yes. <laughs> have you ever heard of Corey Van Vallen? Yeah, he's the guy with the mirror tie. That's me. <laughs> So we're going to do one of my famous tricks. Can I have you open up both your hands face down? Okay, how do I know if they're open or they're face down? Exactly right. Uh, I'm going to say just a little bit more apart. Make a fist out of both hands and raise, uh, raise them a little higher up. Put one in the air. Put one really high up. Put that one behind your back. Now I'm going to try to show the camera this. Do you see the little X on my hand? Oh, do I, do I see it? Yeah. Yes. Watch the X. If I take it. And then show the camera your hand. And I, X marks the spot. Hello. Marked for life. <laughs> Welcome to the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not coming off, guys. That's it's a tattoo. I hope you like tattoos. That'll be there forever and ever. Well, thanks for the tat. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. I uh, think and thank you for coming on out. Oh, my absolute pleasure. And then uh, you're going to be here tomorrow, obviously. Yeah? We are going to be here tomorrow. We have plenty of people we're going to be interviewing here as long as we're here. And, uh, Spread the love through the industry. Do you mind if I do a quick little social media plug? Absolutely. Go ahead. So, anyway, no, no. The first is, why don't you do a social media plug first? <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> so, if you guys are on Instagram, you could look up the uh, Chris Angel Sucks. <laughs> and that literally is my social media handle. Uh, but on all the other things, it's Corey Van Vallen on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that, all that jazz. Never been a big fan of gross out magic. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Angel? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I call him Chris Lamejel. <laughs> I'm going to put this needle straight through my eye, and it's going to come off the back of my head, and you won't see it. Oh, that's David Blaine, but I call him David Lame. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding, I like <laughs> But uh, absolutely, thank you. Uh, a pleasure being on. I appreciate you guys keeping me uh, in mind, and uh, All right. I'll look forward to seeing you guys throughout the uh, event. Corey. Yes. Watch for the mirror tie, and you'll know exactly where he is. <laughs> If it's sunny out, you'll see me. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey. They, some girls said it was cute. I'm like, it's because they're in it. Seriously, I bet that's not all they said. No, no, no. Do I click that? No, no. Just go out with me. Just go out with me. I couldn't read it. I couldn't read I'm not. I'm, I'm, we're still alive. Whoa. Hey, y'all. This is how it goes. All right, wait a minute. The lights are awfully bright here. I oh have to God, wear shades. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, here, we have a perennial favorite of our show because she's been here at least once. <laughs> are we Chef, calling this a rerun? <laughs> Chef Mary Adams. Hey guys. How, what are you, in the world are you doing here at Kushkan? Oh my gosh. I am preaching about hemp as food, right? Cannabis is food. So that's not a surprise. I talk about cannabis being food all the time. And I'm thrilled every time I can share it with somebody. We're passing out fresh leaves today. Oh, good, because I left my, my package of leaves back there last so, time you were with us. The expressions are hilarious with people putting this fresh leaf in their mouth because most people have never done that before. I was amazed at the amount of mercy that I could taste in the leaf. It's great, isn't it? And depending on the genetic strain, like currently we're using a CBG, 
and the taste is so much different than the CBD that you tasted. You tasted um, a sunset varietal. I got you. So it does have a lot of pinene, a lot of versine in it. This is a CBG, so it's got a different profile, so it's got a much different flavor. I love that every different genetic tastes different. I tasted a Jack Herrera. It was so. It's a Jack can, um, CBD strain, mm -hmm. and really the cannabis flavor was like in your face, right? And then it just kind of faded out and it was just like eating a leaf. But some of the other ones are just strong or peppery, like the sunset that you had was a little peppery, right? And a little lemony. The, the one thing I've found in the evolution of cannabis is that back in the 1980s, when we were smoking that, that brown brick weed. Yeah, that was me. Terpenes didn't make any difference because they weren't there anymore. Right. I mean, essentially, they were, it was cured and packed and squeezed and thrown in salt water sometimes. And God knows what. And now, with the, with the advances in agriculture, they bring out that terpene profile. So if you're good, you can taste almost every single terpene that's in the system. If, if you, some with an inhale, some with an exhale. Exactly. But when it comes to food is concerned, I use spice blends all the time. I have a Cuban spice blend that I use that comes from the Columbia restaurant. Oh, I love that place. And, of course, for those people who like pumpkin pie spice, it doesn't taste just like pumpkin and it doesn't taste just like pie it's actually a spice mix right and it's mixed together to create a certain flavor and that is the same thing with terpenes in cannabis isn't exactly it? well it's all meant to work together right the plants always meant to work together both thc and cbd right both the raw and the decarved i mean there's a reason why pickled pizzas don't work okay That's right. well you know i'm old school so i'm not sure that i think you know, pineapple should be on pizza, but other people will, so, you know. Or macaroni and cheese. Yeah. You know, I'm a mac and cheese girl, although I've never had it on a pizza before, but I'll put it on a burger all day long if you let me infuse it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you have a brand new spice line yourself, don't you? I do. I really do, and I'm excited. This is called a plug, guys. Go ahead. Thanks, guys. Okay, so my culinary cannabis has seven different spice offerings that all have fresh hemp flour. So that flour is ground to give you the maximum amount of CBDA mm -hmm. and CBGA, which are all phytocannabinoids and phyto. Phyto. Thank you. Phyto. I'm too much cannabis today. P-H-Y-T-O. Phytocannabinoids and also absorb differently in your body than decarbed cannabis. So having both, you get the best of both worlds. And spice blends, everybody needs spice in their life. Right? Now, I taught organic chemistry, guys, so here's what we're talking about here. <laughs> it's genetics, baby. It all goes back to genetics. And the A stands for the acid form, which means you have a extra hydrogen uh, ion out there, right. which makes it more hydro hydrophilic, which means it loves more water than, than, than fat does. It does. There's bioflavability. <laughs> Bioflavonoids. Bioflavability. And then, of course, once you de decarboxylate cannabis, you take it from the A form right. to the decarboxylated form because, because that, that ion uh, disintegrates and that's when you have a more uh, euphoric blend. Right. Well, that's where the right that's where the psychedelic comes in. That's where the high comes in with that decarbed cannabis. And it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy cannabis on both sides. It doesn't mean that hemp will take away from your THC experience, which a lot of people seem to believe. It's not true at all. It's made to work together and to enhance. I'd love to come to some of your classes on cooking and see how that's how we can best maximize those spice blends. Oh, my favorite way to do it is to find out what's in the food you're eating. Like if you're eating broccoli, if you look up broccoli, there's information on what's in broccoli and you can find cannabis that has the same cannabinoids as the broccoli does and mix it and make it a much better experience all the way around. I've always felt broccoli was healthy. Now I know. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Chef Mary. Always a pleasure. Get some meat on your bones. Have yourself a hamburger. Uh, okay. I will. I hear they sell them over in Mar-a-Lago cheap. Okay. Well, yeah, there's a lot of ham coming out of there. <laughs> We're not stopping here, guys. We got a we got a, we got a row of folks coming in here. Hi there. All right. All right. I've been given very strict instructions. I have to put on this headset. That's right. We got to make this official. Yeah. May I? Oh, okay. Good luck pronouncing it. Let me try it again. You're you're gonna you're great. You can do it. Okay. We have here to Jenna Mallory, who is the. You did great. Who is the up and coming? And second in line for 
minorities in medical marijuana. Up and coming second in line. I feel like that you, you put a lot of responsibility on me just in those few oh, words. Well, considering the fact that the social equity program in Florida sucks, uh, I think you've got a lot of work to do here. It's not like California. It's not like Oregon. It's not like Washington State. Our work is definitely ahead of us. Absolutely. Yes. And in states where you, they are trying to get it right, like Illinois, they're still getting it wrong. And uh, Michigan as well. You know, a lot of the problem is because we are opening new markets. And so when you open a new market, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, and instead of maybe looking at any states that have done it at least semi-successfully, everyone is trying to initiate something new. They're trying to reinvent the wheel. The social equity problem is across multiple states. It's across the board. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel to do this. We just need to look at who is doing a good job of it. And we need to just continue to build upon that. But instead, everyone is opening up the market with their their own Wild Wild West laws and rules, and they're keeping certain groups of people out. And they, it's because money is at the at the forefront of their minds. It's not the benefits of the plan. It's not the benefits for the people. A lot of these states are opening up, and a lot of companies are just coming in droves with their money to be successful from a monetary standpoint. And so, they don't really appreciate the plant as they should. They're not appreciating the benefits for the patients, and they're not appreciating how we can all eat. We can all eat in this industry. <laughs> now, for those of you who are not f totally familiar with Minorities for Medical Marijuana, and what is their basic mission core? Well, essentially, we want the, the playing ground field to be even for everyone, right? So at our core, we want to bring equity to the cannabis industry. We want patient access to be equitable. We also want business opportunities to be equitable. We don't want information that, you know, only certain people know who are in the know. Like we just, we want everything to be an equal level playing field for everyone. And every state has its own challenges. I think it was Nicole Buffon who told me that, you know, she doesn't wear extensions anymore because she keeps on pulling them out every time she has to go talk to Leslie. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I did have hair just, you know, six months ago, and I've since cut it all off to this. So, you know, this is nothing but a wake up and spray water on it and keep moving. Because at this point, I don't even have the time or the energy to do real hair. So I can understand that. Yeah. Are you going to be working in Florida in this, in this position? Yes. So I am taking over from DJ um, as the new Florida State Director. And, you know, really my goal is just to continue the work and the mission that DJ has done as the Florida State Director, but Eric and Roz, who a lot of people are very familiar with, um, just continuing a lot of the great work that they have done and, and building upon that. There is so much more work to be done here in Florida. I mean, we know we know this just from like basic, our basic legalization process is just yeah. not the best. I was working with, with Roz from the very beginning when she started talking to folks like Bobby Powell and things of that sort about getting at least one minority license here out of the first few. However, I find that the approach as well-meaning as it was, as well as intended as it was, by creating one minority millionaire out of the 22, 23 licenses, I think is not so much equity as it is tokenism. And I apologize for using the word because it's kind of, if it distasteful to me too, but that is why I see it. Well, I also feel like your heart is in the right place. And I feel like what you're saying, you know, is true. You're right. It's not equity. Equity is not 1% of, you know, 100. Um, equity is everyone being able to have an opportunity. And when you're only giving out seven licenses or 10 licenses with an application fee that is as high as it is, with the liquid capital requirement being as high as it is, it's very apparent that you're keeping out a certain group of people. Yep. It's very apparent when you continue to cycle the problems in communities that have been affected by the war on drugs, and then you expect these people to be able to come to the table with, you know, $50 million to, to launch a new cannabis brand. So it's been made very evident that, you know, laws here and in other states have been written for a select and certain group of people. But, you know, I was just talking to Carlos about how, you know, these companies don't realize that it was the legacy markets. It was the stoners, the potheads who created the customer base that exists today. And now they're just bringing their dollars to capitalize on that. They don't have a true taste for the culture of cannabis. They don't have a true taste for, you know, like I mentioned before, the patient access and how this has really helped people. We want legalization, not just for people to make money off of it. We want legalization for people to be able to get healthy and better. So what you're saying is when profit is your key performance indicator, 
that's not necessarily good for a product which is supposed to be improving humankind as opposed to improving the economy. Absolutely. And I like I said before, like, you know, when you come from a heart of service and giving, the money is going to come, right? I feel like everybody should know this, right? In business, you know, usually they're telling you, like, do good and the money comes later. But I think there is this very closed fist mentality that if we don't, if we, if we keep a certain group of people out, we will make more money. And that's not that's not how it works, especially not in this industry. I don't think that's how it works. We don't need monopolization. We, we, we need equity and we need equality. We don't need monetization. We also don't need saturation. So that's where that unique balance comes in. Um, but yes, we do need equity and equality on all fronts. We need to have people who are around the table making these decisions to look like what our population looks like to look like what our market looks like, but we are not having those voices being put into how the laws are written or how the regulations are mandated or anything to that nature. Well, now I'm gonna give you some hard questions because now that I have you stapled oh, in your chair for a man. few minutes. Okay, I'd be interested in hearing what your take is on those what, 15 applications that applied for the Pigford license back in March. And yet at this point in stage, and we are talking about August now, they're still vetting the candidates and haven't even started greening the actual applications yet. I can't tell you my, my source on that because if I do, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> well, I like living. There is that. <laughs> That's a good thing. So I won't ask you your source on that. Um, what I will tell you is that I'm not surprised. What I will also tell you is that I'm disappointed. Um, mostly because those farmers should have had an opportunity to apply like anybody else who wanted to apply. The fact that we are now kind of doing this second cycle of applications and more licenses have been released, so now they can apply and, and get one more, like, yes, this is great that we have made them do it, even if it does look like tokenism. It's kind of like you ever, you know, have a civil lawsuit and like someone is still found not guilty, but like we, we sue them because money is where people start to recognize that there is you know, something that can be done about this. And so I feel like they there should have been more money put towards this, AKA more licenses. So I'm not surprised. Um, I am disappointed, but I'm also like, this is what it is. We have to change the basic fundamentals of how legalization is happening in Florida. These We should not be vying for one license and then have to wait an eternity for you to review these applications. This is really ridiculous. And it's funny that no matter how much you try to craft a law that you think has the perfect intentions, there'll always be somebody who can find a workaround on it. Like, for instance, social equity is supposed to be to help those who've been disproportionately disadvantaged by the war on drugs. And yet we have applicants for this particular application who their grandfather may have been a uh, member of the Pigford class, but people who are actually funding it are millionaire athletes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, someone at the, actually said at one of the uh, conferences over in Tallahassee, we have minority license coming. We got cookies. But with all due respect to, to, to Berner, I mean, I think he's already well off and he was not personally impacted by the war on drugs. And honestly, you know. And I like Berner, by the way. I really like him. He's, <laughs> he is a magnificent marketer. Shout out to Berner. Berner has done a great job for, for cannabis culture. He's and he has a, a knockout product. I can't wait to see it. He has done a lot of work. And we are excited about cookies coming to Florida. But it's not um, a minority license. It's 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 not. It is, but it's not. Um, but I also think that there are an there are incredible opportunities until we can do something about the law. I think we also have to talk on both fronts about these big money people coming into our markets and not investing that money into local business owners, local farmers. They are bringing their own people. They're figuring out these things on their own, but they are not spreading the wealth within our communities. That in and of itself should deter our Florida politicians from allowing this to keep happening. But they're not. They're allowing them to come in and to create monopolies. And so we don't really know who is looking out for the citizens of every state. We don't know who's looking out for our communities. Um, and so that is where I would even challenge some of the business owners coming into these markets. Spread the wealth. Okay. Last hard question. Okay. okay. I thought I almost, how, how have I done so far? So far, you've been pretty good. Okay. Pretty the good. I need fact. to be great. The safe act, which will allow 
the banking industry to start funding financing? Will it be good minorities or bad minorities to leave the angel investors who possibly work, work through stock and things of that sort to those who basically work through debt as in, as in banks? Man, that's a really hard question. I'm sorry, that's what I'm good at. <laughs> that is a really hard question. I guess I can see I can see both sides of the benefits of it, right? So we have minority business owners who want to completely like be independent, even from like a funding perspective. They don't want angel investors to be able to kind of twist them and and you know have them doing whatever it is that they want them to do. Um, but I would also say the opportunity to, you know, come into an angel investor and to be able to have those personal discussions, especially if you can find one who wants to do well for your brand and who is passionate about it, you're not going to get that from a banker, right? So I really think it just kind of depends on the person and the business. I don't know if that really is. I know there's a banker out there crying saying, what do you mean I have no empathy? <laughs> No, I'm real. they don't, you know, they don't really know about the, they, everything is run by numbers. They don't really have that personal touch. Well, I wish you well in your new position. Thank I'm sure you. DJ is glad to, to jump ship just so you can come on in and take over. You know, he didn't jump ship. DJ's now our national director for HBCU. So we just gave him more. Wow. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you so much for having me and for the work you've been doing in our community. Thank We're going to have to have you back for a full show so I can really test your brain. Oh man, I guess I'm a steady. Yeah, I actually think you should. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. That was the new state director for men and marijuana, minorities for medical marijuana here in the state of Florida. Coming up next is, is the head of our Tallahassee chapter of Normal. Melissa, how are you doing today? You need to put your uh, headphone on. And talk to this lovely directional mic, which will cut out all the extra noise here at Sun, here at uh, Kushkan. How are things going in Tallahassee now that all the kids are away for the summer? Oh, it's very quiet. It's, you know, some some days at the farmers market, it's great, but you know, you get a little bit closer to the mic. Oh, hello. Yeah, well, there's a lot of noise back here. Yeah. So, uh, do you at normal uh, in Tallahassee have any plans for this coming session? as far as any kind of strategy to move things around what could be hopefully a drastically different legislature? Um, well, we definitely want to have a, uh, see if they will uh, draft a constitutional amendment that will come out. And so, you know, we have the, the, the sensible Florida petition. We are collecting signatures for it, legalize for personal use for adults and to allow cultivation. Um, you know, so we're working on that ballot initiative. We, we need to have a ballot initiative, definitely, um, yeah, whether it's from the legislature or um, from the citizen initiative process. We need to have something. Well, what is, what is the chance of a ballot initiative going forward with all the new constraints that the legislature has put on the uh, citizen initiative process? Well, a good point. You know, we have like almost 18,000, over 18,000 expired. Um, but, petitions so far on, mm -hmm. on the on the newly um released uh for those people who are not familiar sensible florida is the nonprofit that pushes the regulate florida petition yeah and they have tried uh, three election cycles now to to get this bill moved forward uh they got shot down by the by the uh florida supreme court this last time after they got it into the supreme court but still couldn't get enough signatures to get it to the ballot anyway. So if it wasn't one thing shooting you down, it was the other. So it's definitely a hard road to climb. Yeah, and, and in Florida, you know, we had, we, we really, um, you know, need to do whatever we can to, to give people access. So, you know, and if um, whatever we can do and um, allow for personal use marijuana, um, you know, we're going to do it. I mean, ask for those protections for employees, ask for... Um, uh, you know, for medical marijuana patients, for their citizen initiative, their employee protections. Um, you know, we'd like it for all employees, but um, see what we can do. Um, you know, we're, we're just looking forward to, to making an impact, whether it be on the local level or the state level, depending on where we can move or federal, you know, well, what happens. Do you think things are going to change now that Wilton Simpson is segueing from his position as head of the Senate, which was 
probably the more reasonable of the two houses, uh, and heading and heading very possibly towards the, the uh, commissioner of agriculture, which may change drastically under his watch. That that concerns me. You know, a change of power such as that concerns me. Um, but again, you know, you have over eight hundred cultivators, eight thousand retailers, so you would hope that it would not. Um, his entrance would not impede the, the um, you know, the trajectory of, of the industry in Florida. Okay. I want to thank you for stopping on by and, and, and telling you. us what your agenda is. Looking forward to your lobby day this coming session and now yes, get people in front of legislators and help them speak their piece. Yeah, we're probably, we'll um, you know, do it November and December this year, really. I mean, right after the election, really, we need to be first in their offices telling them what we want. And we have a representative form of government here in, in uh, Florida as well as this country, but it doesn't work if we don't have a participatory approach exactly. to citizens. So let's get the citizens involved, and I thank you very much for stopping on by. Right, thank you. All righty. There you go. Okay. Next up here at Kushkan, <laughs> a good friend of mine in a Yiddlach besides, who understands what, I, what, what my hat means, Although it is a, a brand of a Israeli uh, cannabis, it is one of my own personal mottos, of course, is repair the world. And that's what we're trying to do. And here's one of the guys that, that's trying to do it, Dr. David Berger. David, how you doing? I'm glad to see you. Good to see you, too. It's been years since we've been in the same space. <laughs> we try to get better, though. That's yeah. the way it is. Well, mentally, we're always in the same space, but physically speaking, anyway. We are in the same space. Yeah. And... Uh, I know as a pediatrician, you must be concerned about some of the rules and regulations that have been coming out of Tallahassee in regards to how they treat the, uh, the space between the pediatrician and the patient. Everything from use of cannabis for medications down to transgender affirmation surgery. Yeah. Um, interesting times, to say the least. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's so interesting that many people who are in the legislative and executive branches of our state who all tout for a more libertarian viewpoint of healthcare, but yet they it's very specific to only what their topics are right so i mean like for me choice is choice right i want to have choice as to whether i want to use medical cannabis i want to have choice whether um you know again if a person has gender reaffirming if a person you know when it comes to reproductive health, everything about it choice is choice and so I don't think it's really quite appropriate to be able to pick and choose, yeah. you know, which is, which, 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 where do you want to let your choice? Shouldn't we be able to make those choices all over? And, you know, we just had to go through this whole thing now where, you know, this is past week, they're making us pediatricians. It used to be that we would load, we had to just have on the chart, the informed consent form. Now we have to upload it. Now our charting system automatically puts my label on it, which completely voided it. We had 470 kids who immediately got cut off from their cannabis last week. Wow. And we're trying to get ketchup on them right now, and we're, we're doing it. But, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, it's like it's a solution looking for a problem, which, yeah. of course, that may be what government is. Now, I'm going to have to cut you off for just a moment here yeah. because Nikki Fried is here, and she has to go and speak at, at 4 o'clock. Yeah, and i got to go here and speak also. So, yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I definitely agree that we need to have somebody in the executive branch who gets it. Yeah, we do. And that's, yeah, that's, I wonder who that person could be. I have the faintest idea. Yeah. Well, I will step off and but please come on back again. Yeah. All righty. I'm David Berger, by the way. Oh, nice yeah, there you go. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for stopping on by. Absolutely. I'm so glad I found you. I have been trying to get you back on the show for so long because last time you came, you had some kind of issue that put put you off until the last 10 minutes of the show. Oh, that's right. Because we we end up getting on the show late, but we. Well, I've got plenty of staff here. We'll make sure that happens again. And we had Charlie on for an hour. I said, we can't do this without having Nikki on for at least another 50 minutes. Yes, we'll but, make sure. We don't only got five minutes today. We only have a little bit today, but I promise you that we are going to come back onto the show. We'll do a full, I mean, you know I can talk about this stuff all day. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I hope you will because they've given you so much material lately to work on in regards to your campaign is concerned. See, every time you turn around, the DeSantis campaign gives other, even the Republicans, reason to get upset at them. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're, we're sitting in a situation right now where there's so much on the ballot this year. You know, one, obviously, you know, I have a primary in August and then a November election. But this governor, 
is going further and further into this extreme, taking away democracy, taking away women's, you know, women's rights and voting rights. And, and certainly when it comes to cannabis, we're still waiting for the black farmer and Pickford license. Absolutely. We're still waiting for it. Where is it? I mean, it's it's unconscionable, and we're still waiting on the other 20-plus licenses to be handed out. Well, when we first started this business, this um, industry out, we had to deal with Governor Rick Scott and his um, slow walking of the, of the uh, thing. And I heard it all often time of people who were inside the Department of Health that it was from the executive branch that things were being slowed down. Yep, that's not, correct. Not only from having a crony capital situation in regards to the, recruit, the uh, registration system, which didn't work. Correct. And and the slowing down of the fact that we haven't had a new license uh, that's been awarded since 2015, except through a, uh, a legal uh, judge. Correct. So how are we going to fix that? We're going to let me governor. That's how we fix this. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy one, Gary. I mean, but look, that's how we have to fix it, because we know that's exactly the same thing that's happening today, too. We're hearing that, unfortunately, they're slow rolling, giving out the Pickford license. Yep. They're slow rolling on putting out the rest of the applications for, for the next round. Yep. Um, and so this is becoming intentional. And so when I get there as governor, not only are we going to be giving out more licenses, we got to make sure we have a robust medical program. Because I know from the medical doctor perspective, we need to make sure we've got medical strong. That means we're opening up to patients. That means we're breaking up the, the vertical, making it horizontal. So no matter what part of the, of the program that you're in, you can be a part of. But then we also get to legalization. I mean, that's something that has to happen. And we also need to make sure, because right now of the 22, I think it's only cookies, which was because it was bought, yep. is only minority owned. The 22 license holders, there's not a single minority-owned license, and that is doing such a disservice um, to the people that have been, you know, most affected by the war on drugs. And with all due respect from uh, from Berner, he really wasn't personally affected by the war on drugs. He's a millionaire in his own right. Has starting out in San Francisco uh, from the bottom, working his way up, at rap reform, everything else. Where are the mom and pop minority businesses that are supposed to be here? They're just not here, and they're not coming. And I don't consider that a, uh, a minority business. As far as the Big Bridge license is concerned, I mentioned this to the lady from my, medical, uh, my minorities for medical marijuana. Having one license for minorities is not social equity. Of course it's not social equity I, at all. And I don't understand. This is what I, I'm trying to push this narrative to. There was 12 like that actually applied. And so we're supposed to be giving out anywhere between, I think, 20 and 22 licenses. Yeah. Give out all 12 of them. Who cares? Like, if they're qualified, just give them out. Why are we going through this process? Well, they were given $17 million to grade the applications, which they haven't even done yet. I'm not even certain they got their $17 million yet. I, I don't know what the hold. I mean, I know what the holdup is. The holdup is they don't want to give it out. And, and so this is a really big problem, and it needs to be fixed. It needs to be rectified. And, you know, in talking about small businesses, you're right. They're not here coming into the medical program, but they are coming here. I mean, look where we are. You know, look at the amount of local businesses that are here. You know, since I was able to work on legalizing hemp in our state, the amount of small businesses that have opened up all over the state, the amount of jobs that we've been able to create on, on the hemp side. And that's what I've said to everybody. I couldn't fix medical yet because I'm not governor yet. Yeah. But I was able to create a hemp industry that was going to open the doors to entrepreneurs. To If you want to cultivate, if you want to manufacture, if you want to do retail, whatever form it is. And it's exciting to see all these small businesses, and a lot of them are minority-owned, a lot of them are women-owned, uh, getting an opportunity to be part of this industry. Now, I'm looking forward to the legislature actually listening to us. It seems to me over the last few years that the executive branch has told the legislature what to do, and they went ahead and they followed along with that. Now, if you become a governor, I should say when you become governor, <laughs> and you have to deal with the legislature that is still on a top-down basis as far as the House is concerned, and I'm not certain where the heck the Senate's going to go. How are, you, how are we going to work with them to make things move forward? How are we going to get a bipartisan issue to finally act in a bipartisan manner? Look, here's the thing, Gary. Ron doesn't like this. He said, you, we've all heard them. He say, what, the, the stench of smoke, I think was what his words are, and, and that every state. It's putrid. Putrid, right. And that every state um, is regretting legalizing. I haven't heard one state that has said that, <laughs> not one. But the second that we start, what I say, cut the head of the snake and, and the rest of the snake dies. So when Ron is gone, and you have a Democrat that's in there that is obviously pro-legalization from this industry, understands you know what, what this means, not just for the economic side, social justice, criminal justice, health care, the whole gamut. Then you start working with the legislature, because I know that you've had plenty of these conversations. How many of our Republican legislators, legislators come to me and say, hey, I want to help, but I can't? You know, so many of the Republicans understand that they've lost this argument. They all, one, they all smoke to begin with. So let's also like put that into, out there. I'm not saying how, my, how I know, but I know. <laughs> and, and so the second that you get somebody like Ron out and you start having these real conversations with leadership and say enough is enough. 
We're going to get to either legalization at the federal level, do it here in Florida. It's taxable revenue. It's good paying jobs. Let's do it smart. Let's regulate it. Um, and I think that we're going to get there. And if not, we're going to call special sessions. I'm going to hold up pieces of legislation. I'm going to hold up their budget priorities. Um, this, as you all know, this is one of my main priorities. Now, I hate primaries because they're always like a bloodbath and it feels like the party is eating their own, so to speak. But I got a flyer yesterday which has a big picture of you and Matt Gates, And it was from when we were still working great for Ignite Florida. No, actually, Gary, this is even worse. That picture that's on that, that flyer was taken in Congressman Gates's office oh. when he was in Washington, D.C. And I was going up to D.C. to lobby for two issues. I was lobbying for... Um, the implement to, for the, the legislative, the congressional delegation to not vote for the USMCA, which hurts agriculture. And I was lobbying to make sure that in the disaster package for Hurricane Michael, that that money was actually being afforded to our, our timber industry. And so Matt and I, while well, I was in his office lobbying him on these two issues, you know, with, with meeting these issues for our state, we did a Facebook Live talking about fire suppression in the panhandle <laughs> and so that is the picture that they took of us doing our jobs which is what you should want from your elected officials do i think that you know obviously we all know matt from his time in the legislature working on this issue and everything else about that is, is a complete lie from charlie charlie knows that he knows that i don't talk to matt um and anything that we discuss is dealing with marijuana and things that represent our state well, i know you gotta go ahead and speak but I'm so grateful you had a chance to stop by. And we are going to get you on for at least the other 45 minutes. To promise. Here. Promise. All right. All right. Awesome. Fist bump. Yes, sir. I watch for BA5. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone. All right. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Freed, gubernatorial candidate, current uh, commissioner of agriculture and consumer services for the state of Florida and friend of the show, who isn't. And hopefully the solution to this problem, because I think if we ever got to have legalization, I'm sorry, of uh, for adult use, we have to get new a uh, new executive branch going. So we'll wait and see. Now, who do we have up next? You tell me, whoever you want me to be. Uh oh, it's, it's, it's starting to sound like an OnlyFans. <laughs> well, it's not OnlyFans. You need to get closer to the microphone. Bliss the Wellness Market in Tampa, Florida. Okay, and, and who are you? I'm their VP of Sales. For Bliss Wellness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, Bliss yes, Wellness. We have all the, the Bliss Market. Yes, the Bliss oh, Market. I am... The Bliss Mushrooms, all of that. I, I, I love your shop. You do? I haven't even been there yet, and I love it because I've heard so many good things about it. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're getting everybody high. Talk about Bliss's market strategy as to how to take care of the customer. So, we are very right when people come in and they work with us we take our time it doesn't matter if you come in and you're in our store for like an hour we're going to make sure that we're going to ask you every question we can and give you the best product for you what does bliss carry i should say what doesn't bliss carry uh well i mean to be quite honest we carry sex products with cbd we carry any type of like thc thc vapes we carry edibles we carry pretty much everything where do you source your materials uh, a lot of them come from Denver directly and then from um, uh, California, sometimes Oregon. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's always been of great concern to the people in Tallahassee that the products that come to the to these big markets haven't properly tested, have, have, have you know, COAs or what they call certificates of authenticity. So you know exactly what's inside of them. Yeah, so everything we do is lab tested, right? And we send it to multiple labs. Um, so, and typically how it works is any product that's going to come to us in its raw form, is going to come tested, and then we are going to go send it out to our labs to be tested again, and then manufactured, and then tested again with the finished product. And it, in regards to edibles, are we talking about chocolate bars? We're talking about baked goods. So we uh, we handle the baked goods and the gummies and the chocolate bars, and you got to be careful. Sometimes you eat way too much, way too much of your candy bar because it's delicious, um, and it hurts. Now, also one thing, one issue that I had seen in regards to the some manufacturers of the chocolate bars and the edibles. They don't properly spread the, the cannabinoid throughout the entire product. So you may have one bar, one, one part of the bar that actually has 100 milligrams, another one that has zero. So, you know, that's, that's really tough. That does happen. But keep in mind, too, even if you're manufacturing a million gummies, right, every once in a while. Soft chews. Anything can happen where one <laughs> takes, you know, a couple more milligrams than the others. 
Um, but yes, with chocolate, that does happen and it'll get runny and oily and they'd melt in transportation, which is difficult. Hopefully you have a refrigerator here. We are in Florida after all. Yes. Well, it's very hot today too. <laughs> so. And, and is, uh, what is Bliss doing right now in regards to what building for the future? Are you going to expand? We're expanding. Yeah. So we're going and opening more retail locations. We're doing a lot of markets. We've actually purchased like uh, think of like a THC type food truck, right? Uh, we recently did THC margaritas at a couple of the Margarita Fest shows. So, yeah, we're just kind of mobilizing and going all over Florida and trying to get everybody as happy and as high can be. And where is Bliss Market now? We're in Tampa, Florida. We're in Tampa so they can find you because I'll be honest with you. If I go to, D to my GPS right now and I say, send me to Tampa, God knows where I'm at. I'm on Northdale Mabry Highway. In North Carol I'm in Carrollwood on Northdale Mabry Highway. Oh, okay. Like, like near the... Uh, the, the old uh, movie theater? The, yes. Yep, that's exactly The where last picture show area. Where it used to be across the street from my favorite restaurant, the, uh, the uh, whatchamacallit, Tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sweet Tomatoes. Yeah, Sweet Tomatoes. Oh, I miss that. I miss that restaurant. I, I miss their, their tuna sandwich. But, <laughs> Get off. Okay. <laughs> 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 Bro, I was leaving the show. I was leaving and he goes, you're Oh, my goodness gracious. See, this is the kind of organization that we have that shows you just how damn professional we are. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of professional. Oh, wow. Being a professional means being proactive. And being proactive means being the first in the game. And when it came to CBD products in the state of Florida, Green Roads was there before everybody else was. And taking that leap of faith from your garage to a shop was a massive thing. So when, when RV Barroso started this whole thing out, and this is RV Barroso, by the way. How are you guys doing? What are my, what are my, my favorite Cuban guys with a limp. <laughs> That's right. How's but, the leg? <laughs> uh, it's it's still there and attached, thank goodness. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. We've done probably quite a, we've done a few shows together uh, before. Um, now it's- Back in uh, your old show, I was on the radio. I, I, was, yeah. I was making uh, funny phone calls to you. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this industry will do that to you. But uh, but yeah, I mean July July uh, 29, thousand thirteen, and uh, I exited uh, last year June seventeenth, uh, twenty twenty one. Oh, actually, you're a serial entrepreneur. I am. And so, what what is is the what is the next step for Ari Barroso? Um, we're working on a couple things. Uh, you know, I haven't really been on social media. I kind of like working a little bit in quiet as as we kind of get uh, moving forward. But looking really on the mushroom side, uh, looking at uh, the psilocybin space. Looking at the opportunities that are there, I think it brings a huge wellness factor, which I think that's what uh, Green Road's uh, staple was for, is kind of wellness, uh, formulation, full transparency on, on what the product has inside of it. And I think um, the space is moving towards uh, the mushroom, psilocybin, wellness, uh, whether it's matcha, uh, lion's made blends, uh, shiitake, and uh, you know just, just different types of the plant. We're also working on a blue lotus for sleep, which uh, I consider way better than melatonin. And uh, it shows by the buyers reading up on it and getting educated. Uh, it's hard to keep in stock. So we're, we're liking the direction that we're going on right now. And Is that uh, going to be at a, at a transdermal patch? Because uh, I use melatonin patches. Okay. We No, we, what it is, it's a, it's, it's a tea extract that a lot of people use. And uh, I'm not a tea drinker. Like the, like the, blue, like the blue butterfly? Yeah, yeah. so it, it's similar to that. Uh, but since I, I wanted... I use that for my teacher's, uh, whatever you would call it, mushroom. So, so we kind of <laughs> wanted to go in, in that direction where it's easy to take. You don't have to, you know, you know make a tea and stuff like that. So yeah. we did a 500 milligram, uh, two edibles uh, for sleep. Uh, what we realized that 700 milligrams kind of gives you that elusive elusive dreaming because that's what Blue Lotus is known for. Yeah. Um, but we kind of dialed it in at 500 milligrams, and the the, the feedback's been amazing. So that's kind of the direction that we're going. Uh, we'll be at Expo East now at the end of September, uh, September 29th, and then we'll be at Expo West uh, right after that. So we're we're really excited about that space. Now, lucid dreaming is a very interesting concept that, that I, I, only, I only recently got involved in, where basically you are semi-awake while you're, while you're actually dreaming so that you can actually interact with your environment. You can wake yourself up. And I can't tell you how many ideas I have in my sleep when, I, when I'm at that level of, of lucid dreaming. Yep. If, if I don't get up and write it down away, it is gone. Yep. It's, it's like a dream. And, and I mean, that will extend that out. Yep. Yep. So that that's kind of, I mean, 
we're in a very uh, interesting space uh, that we're we're in right now. I mean, uh, we went from uh, wellness that people were really uh, drawn into when it came down to CBD. Um, now we're we're in exotic cannabinoids where you have the D8, you have you know HHC, THCP. So so we're hoping that that trend not THCO. Not not in Florida. Not no more. Not, not not in Florida anymore. But you know, I mean, again, we could go in many different directions with that. Um, uh, I think that this space needs to be. Uh, I mean, it's growing. People are understanding it. There's different cannabinoids coming out, and I think that's kind of why we went back to the wellness side with the mushrooms. We feel that people are really missing what what that is, especially coming out of COVID for for two plus years and still dealing with here. You know, dealing with it. I think people need to understand to, that you, you, no matter how you like to consume, whether it's D8 or cannabis or anything like that, you still need the wellness side of it. Yeah. And, and I think that's big. And I think people have kind of lost sight of that a little bit. Now, you're a legislative nerd like I am. I am. And that was very much involved in the development of Green Roads because you worked with the legislature to make certain that the path was there for compliance from point A to point Z to make sure that everybody was in agreement. I, I see psilocybin having similar obstacles. In the way in the way we go right now, you can't just go basically on mens rea saying I didn't realize it was illegal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna let you know. And I think Wilton Simpson uh, sees kind of the path, may possibly, and and obviously legislative wise, I think with a stroke of a pen, a lot of this industry could be gone. So if there's not an educational process to to educating the legislators. Uh, they get scared and it's easier for them just to write something down and make it illegal than actually learn about it. So uh, for me, being in that same wheel of watching where CBD went uh, all the way to 2018, we were really in, a, in, in the illegal space at that point because there was it was it's, it's illegal. A, it's, it's a gray space. Yeah. It, it was gray. Let's just however we want to take it. Fact is, is that it, it, we couldn't get banking until this day. There's still banking issues. So when you look at something like that, it's a little bit more complicated on the mushroom side on the normal mushroom side of the business you could go on google you could do facebook ads you could do everything everything you still can't do that with cbd right i was growing mushrooms from the ads in the high times magazines back in the 1970s where you could just send off a money and you get you got some buttons you yep. threw them you threw them in a rice cake inside of a jar throw it in your basement for a while come back out there and you have the worst tasting mushrooms they had the best <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, I, I think, uh, you know, you have the experience, you, you understand. And, and that's probably why we're doing this. And you got you've been, you know, a staple in this space talking and, and continue to legislate and kind of figure out the directions. And, and you know what we need to do to kind of move these type of plant materials moving forward. I mean, ketamine has been, been a big thing now down here. I mean, that's not I mean, it, it's helping a lot of people. So I think People are starting to recognize there's different options to doing different things, but we need to start with the legislators in the state of Florida. I believe in the, in the effects of ketamine, but I also believe it should be definitely monitored by a physician. I agree. Be, be, because of its, its potent, potent effects. Absolutely. And then you have the mushrooms, the psilocybin side. And that it, 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 what brings me to my next topic is that we have a medical program here in the state of Florida that does not act medically. It does at, at, the, at the point of the doctors that give the recommendations and the certifications out. But once you get to the bud tenders, you see a lot of blank faces and saying, yes, you should go ahead and get this because it's got a lot of THC in it. And it, they have no concept of what goes on medically, what is neat, what is needed. So if you're talking about wellness, obviously you'd have to have some kind of regimen of, me, of medical knowledge in the people behind the counter. Would you agree? I do and I don't. And, and I'll explain why I, why I do. I think I think you need somebody behind the counter that explains the type of product you're consuming, 100%, because a lot of people that don't know about cannabis or don't know what they want to feel or they might be going through pain or sleeping or anxiety or depression, they need to understand what type of medicine they're using. Um, um, and I, I don't because I think even when we started here in Florida, they had you know LPNs behind a, 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 a countertop or whatever you want to say consumer would come in and that LPN didn't had no clue what, what cannabis was. They were just providing whatever the, the doctor recommended. So I, I think you need both. And I think honestly, um, True Leaf has done it right in my mind, whether ever, whatever you think of them, but they've brought in people that do consume and understand what cannabis is. Um, and I think that that really elevated uh, the experience for certain consumers that really did not know. And I think we still got a long way to go in, in, in reference to having an education or having a plant that 
they know specifically or having somebody back there growing that that certain strain and i think that's another challenge is a lot of the strains that we grow doesn't act the same all the time so you've been consuming it on edible and you buy that same edible and the first time you take it it's fantastic second time you take it it's not the same yeah and of course there's a major difference between uh uh imbibing things using uh incineration versus digestion Uh, agreed and to understand the difference between that is vital in regards to the absorption and the way that it works on you. And even, even the way that the terpenes react on you are different when you ingest them as opposed to inhale them. But, but I, yeah, but how many times, I mean, obviously when, when they're growing a certain strain, I'm not one to grow, I mean, I don't medicate uh, high THC. For me, it'd be a one-to-one. You know, that's, that's kind of what I like. I like that kind of equal balance. Uh, I like to feel like I've had a couple glasses of wine. And I don't get that down here. Everybody wants the 27s, the 28s, and 29% cannabis or THC, and I'm, that's not for me. Uh, I'm a little older. Uh, I'm older at 51, going to be 52. And, and for me, it's more about... That's not wanna, older. Well, <laughs> you're, you're what, like 53, 54 at this Cl- point? Close enough. I'm 65. All yeah. Right. All right. So that's... I like to know that what I'm medicating with is going to make me feel the same time the first time, the second, the third, and the fourth. That's why I'm going to use it. Uh, that's why people pick specific alcohol or specific things that they want to do because they know what that's going to make them feel like. You know, And that's kind of where I think this industry needs to go to is that people are going to go there. You need to make sure that you're, you're getting that same product all the time. And I think we're still missing that in this space. What a lot of people do not realize is that one of the reasons that cannabis fell off the pharmacopoeia back at the turn of the century it was because of the inconsistency of the product. The, the drug companies could not properly extract it so that one sample was the same as the next one. Yep. So you could have one product, and then next thing you know, it'll be totally different, either more potent or less potent, because they were dealing with different strains. They didn't know what they were dealing with yep. at the time. I, and I agree, and I think we're still stuck in that same, in that same, uh, in that same space. Obviously, we've advanced from there, but I think that uh, I think. Listen, we're growing drastically in reference to people medicating. I mean, it was just like CBD when I started in the space. Maybe 2 or 3% of the population knew what it was. Probably about 30 40 50% now, maybe more. Who knows? Um, I haven't really looked at the numbers. Same thing with cannabis. You're going to have – we have a population of 22 million, 23 million here. How many people consume? That number is just going to continue to increase. People are getting off alcohol. They'd rather not, not drink and drive or just you know get away from it. Cannabis is the next way in. Do you need a 29% cannabis, you know, THC plant to get that first-time consumer consuming? I believe not. I believe you start them off at 7, 8, 10% tops. So we're missing that. People want to grow the highest, the highest, but where is the person that first starts? It's right. First consumes. And you want to grab that consumer because that's not going to be a lifetime consumer. So you grab that 7, 8, 10%, you know, THC. He might gradually increase because, like, you drink one beer, might tips you two, three years, might dead, and you move on from there. Same thing on cannabis. Why do you need to start off at 27, 28% on everything? Go around and get a 7, 8% for people that are starting off. I see the same situation in regards to Delta 8 is concerned. A lot of the, the detractors of Delta 8, number one, they're worried about, about isotopes that, that they aren't aware of that it might be in there from the acid wash, yeah. but also the fact that they don't really know that the proper dosage is, is for them. They're not starting low and going slow. So if they go up to the higher dosage uh, because they have to, they've already waited for a half hour, 45 minutes, and nothing has happened, yep. and all of a sudden they get a bad experience, they're not going to come back. Nope. They're not going to get medicated for no. that. And, and that's, that's, the, we're, that's a non-regulated space. That's, you know, that's, it's non-regulated. So when you don't have a path to understanding your education, you're going to have people in this space that make a 200-milligram gummy. No reason for it. No, I, don't, I can't see it. You know, but but people like them. So so if you put a barrier of it and you have certain strength from like, you know, from beginning to those, those fruit strips, I think, right? Out of California is up there. That, that 200 milligram uh, I've seen a, too. I've seen a lot of them. I was just in Vegas like gummy at, at Champs. Thing. And it's like I'm looking at some of these people, you know, selling 1,000 milligram gummies in four gummies or four pieces. I'm like, what's the point? You know, why, why are you going to go there? But. Again, I mean, it's the industry. It's people who want to do different and creative things, and I understand it. You know, I've, I've, we've been in it for a long time. We've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but I don't necessarily agree with that that, that kind. When you develop products, do you ever do focus groups? We used to do focus groups when I was at Green Roads. We did. We did a. We did quite a few focus groups. We hired a company. Um, we got non. Uh, it was CBD, obviously. 
So we, we gave products to, I think it was 350 people. We had about five different, you know, criterias from non-users to maybe I'll try it to I do it once in blue moon to I use it every day. The Barry Gordon, Doobie One, Doobie Two, Doobie Yeah, three, yeah, three. exactly. So we, we did that. <laughs> You're welcome, Barry. Yeah. So we did that. Barry's an amazing person, too. He's, he's been in the space forever. Um, so it's a it's, uh, little less Red Bull, though, I think, Barry. Well, yeah, you know, to each their own, to each their own. But, uh, I mean, for for that, I, I truly believe in that. I, I really do. I don't medicate now because I don't know the cannabis I'm ingesting. Yeah, that's uh, the way it is. I mean, we still have a, a $5 billion market that's legal and a $15 billion market that's illegal. And there's a lot of crisscrossing. And you never quite know sometimes what you're going to get. Yeah. And I, I like to know what I'm consuming. I've been in this space 14 years and I've seen a lot of crazy stuff behind, you know, behind closed doors. And honestly, I choose not to medicate right now until I can feel that I could get the same strain that I'm getting every single time. Did you expect that the strong, the strong regulations put on the market would have created a need for new and different cannabinoids to be put out in the market like the Delta 8, like the Delta 9 from hemp, like Delta 10, THCA, etc.? Uh, oh, government typically works backwards. So, so there's in this space, we have a lot of creativity, a lot of smart people that I don't think they give the people in this space enough credit, uh, that have been in the space for a long time. And, uh, when they, when you saw that, you knew that there was something coming down the pipe. And then when you turn first, I never forget getting the call from actually Dustin Robinson, which is, you know, extremely smart in this space. And he says D8 and I'm like, what's D8? Um, all of a sudden, Delta 8 came around and, uh, you know, really started lowering the opportunities for CBD, not in a bad way, but you just saw people, you know, gravitating to it. It gave them a high, gave them a feeling. So, by the way, we are not sponsored by Dr. <laughs> Mr. Cannabis Law, just yeah, so you know, yeah. but we are offering you the opportunity. Yeah. So those, those, <laughs> so those are just, I mean, you kind of see it. I mean, there's too many people here that are, that are, that are way too smart to, to not uh, push this industry forward. Well, you are one of the smarter people in the industry, and we're glad you're here to continue being proactive and continue to move the industry forward. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies you guys enjoy. R.B. Barroso, formerly of Green, Mine, Green Roads, now distributing itself to the future. Thank you. All righty. Good seeing you, Bobby. Okay. Well, so much for today's speed dating. Thanks, oh, wait a minute. Here comes my next speed date. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our deputy director of Suncoast Normal, Carlos. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me on the show today. I having you on the show. You set it up. My my name's Carlos Ramita, and I'm from Suncoast Normal. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you got to talk to a lot of cool people, huh? Absolutely. So far, what happened? I've been running around the whole time. You well, just, I've like... been kind of stapled here, and people are just kind of knocking on the door. You remember Mr. Rogers every once in a while, he'd he talk, all of a sudden somebody would knock on the door and the little tiny guy in a hand puppet would come over and start talking to him or the, the mailman or Mr. Hey, Ble Green but, Jeans. That was, that was Captain Kangaroo. But in this case, the hand puppet's Nikki Freak. I don't get that one at all. And I'm not even right? going to touch that line because that can Isn't really it like different direction. hand puppets are like the guests on the show? And no puppet. No puppet. Oh, she's not a puppet. <laughs> she, she's she, not a puppet. She needs to be our new governor. Well, she, actually, she's definitely an independent thinker. I am 100% backing Nikki Free for governor. You know that? You heard her here uh, yet another time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you. So, uh, so yeah. I'm, man, I'm sounding I mean, dry, aren't I? <laughs> it's right over there. So, so um, no, it's, it's behind that sign there. All right. So, so <laughs> um, the show's gone on. La Botella de Agua yeah. It's. You don't speak Spanish, do you? It's right over there. Sorry, we. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I know. We're live right now, Mary. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so. Um, I'm happy you had a good show, Gary. I'm mm. sorry I wasn't in around for most of it. Um, but I'm happy you got to talk to a lot of good people. And you were here in spirit. I could, I could feel it in my bones. You got to talk to everybody from a magician to our next governor. So, um, and our, our next governor needs to be a magician to make, to, <laughs> to make the changes that we need. It's going to be rough. Um, yeah, man. I, I think all we got to do now is just tell them how to join normal. Oh, 
Well, you guys need to go to suncoastnormal.org. That's on the internet. And you can join up and become a member where you'll get the fantastic pin like we have right over here. Uh-oh. There we go. Uh, as well as a card. Right. And you will get involved in the, in the uh, actions that we take to increase legalization, de- increase expungement, and decrease regulation. And you can uh, join Suncoast Normal here at KushCon. So absolutely, you can just stop by our booth and check it out. And uh, try the veal. Definitely come to KushCon tomorrow. It's happening tomorrow, and uh, you saw how many great people are here today. So I you did. gotta you gotta do that. So I'm so thrilled because Ed Rosenthal is going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, I hope we can get him on the show. The, the, the cultivator of cultivator. He is the uh, the, the, the current emperor. <laughs> no offense to Jack here. He he is definitely one of my idols, and I would love to talk to him. Um, but yeah, other than that, I love you guys, and I love you, Gary. And I think unless there's anything else for you you want to say, Gary, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm starting to go find me to get me a pocket for my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Bye, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of of the change you can find the rotation podcast on both soundcloud and itunes but you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org at that very website you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of suncoast normal gain access to cannabis events cannabis info normal's legal network and even a free membership to national all by joining suncoast normal that website again is suncoast norml.org you can also find us on social media at suncoast normal uh find us on both facebook twitter instagram and youtube and thank you gary and good night good night